Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Tony Katz, the phone number 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. That is the number. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. So I had this unique interaction today on Twitter with Rafia Zakaria. She has been in the news because she's the one who wrote uh, an opinion roundup on uh, CNN. Oh, CNN. Uh, She wrote that the banning of Alex Jones on Facebook and iTunes it's a important first step in recognizing hate speech as a form of terrorism goodness gracious and she writes the stripping of infowars from Facebook Apple and other platforms is an important step in the recognition of nativist nationalist and white supremacist hate speech as a form of terrorism she goes on to say that as a muslim american who has seen the detestable anti-Muslim propaganda of InfoWars content replicated across the web and popularized via Apple, Spotify, and others, I know nothing could be farther from the truth. What's farther from the truth? That there are many who will say that this represents an unprecedented affront to free speech and First Amendment rights. She doesn't believe that to be the case. She doesn't believe that the banning of of Alex Jones is an affront to free speech and and the First Amendment. The U.S. denies First Amendment protections to those sharing views involving support for or agreement with foreign terror organizations. Sadly, domestic terrorism or Jones' dangerous speech in which he claims that he is in a holy war against Islam Islam is not prosecuted under that statute. And you realize, my goodness, she believes that Alex Jones is a domestic terrorist or what he says is domestic terrorism. I had tweeted out, uh, because I, I have been known to to tweet things out at Tony Katz on Twitter. You can follow me there. That you should check this out and then recognize that CNN are the ones who say they champion journalism. Journalism is about free speech. It's about being able to discuss things. I should know. I should take that back. Journalism is about telling the truth. It's about telling the story about what's going on in the world. Right? That's what it is. It's about telling what's going on and sharing of stories, even if they upset people, even if they uh, bother people, right? Journalism is about making people feel uncomfortable. Everything else is PR, I believe, is, is, is the quote. That's what journalists do. And if journalists are going to do that, they have to be able to talk about things that make people uncomfortable. What Rafael Zakaria is saying is that if you say things that people object to, that could be considered hate speech. I'm not talking about specifically Alex Jones. I'm talking about all speech, right? All of it. What I say, what you say, what your grandmother says. Oh, I'm sorry, your Mima. I just thought you called your grandmother Mima. You look like someone who called your grandmother Mima. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I love your Mima. So she writes, hi, Tony. Could you explain to me why there should be different speech standards for foreign terror and domestic terror? Shouldn't? The First Amendment protections be valid for both. I thought this was a very strange question. I thought this was a very strange question because it's telling, it's asking me that I should somehow uh, form an opinion and put on record uh, the idea that somehow Alex Jones is guilty of domestic terrorism or foreign terrorism. That an opinion, however objectionable, is terrorism. 
far different than I'm going to go kill this person. I want to go do harm to this group of, of, of people. Right? Claiming that you're in a holy war with Islam, my goodness, you want me to point to, let me do the research. Give me the 10 minutes it would take to find out how many uh, quote-unquote comics or actors or whatever are in a holy war. They're going to fight the NRA. They're going to fight this group. They're going to take them on. Punch Nazis. I mean, it goes on and on. Hyperbole is not necessarily domestic terrorism. So I wrote to her, um, thanks for reaching out. I reject the premise. Your piece refers to hate speech as terrorism. I argue there is no such thing as hate speech. There is, however, speech you hate. In the U.S., that speech is protected by the First Amendment, and we should all be thankful it is. I thought that was the right response. Because there is no such thing as hate speech. It is the myth. Speech you hate is not hate speech. The First Amendment exists for the speech that you hate, not that the speech uh, that, 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 that you love. Not at all. Not at all. The speech that you love is easy. The speech that you hate is difficult. She responded. She responded that you need to reread the piece then. What I said is based on a particular case which is cited and that First Amendment protections do not apply in cases of pro-terror speech. Why should domestic terrorists have them or shouldn't both? Let's go back to her piece. In the case of Ali Shirki Amin, the Virginia teenager who was charged with providing material support for terrorism based on his tweets and blog, a U.S. federal court declared that First Amendment protections do not apply to those who are being charged under the material support for terrorism statute. Well, if this is the case she wants to cite, which I am no expert on the case, there was a charge and the First Amendment protection for, let's say, saying, I want to kill Americans or I want ISIS to kill uh, Americans or anything like that isn't protected. She again wants to go down the road. That speech that you find objectionable is pro-terror speech or is domestic terrorism. Again, I reject this concept wholeheartedly. You understand what she's doing. You understand how this works. In her head, she has decided that speech that is anti-Muslim is, is pro-terrorist or domestic terrorist speech. It's, it's, it, there is no point, Ari. There is no point, there is no point to see. She's, making, she's creating a world in which she is absolutely victimized by all things, and you should not be able to speak clearly and honestly about the issue talked earlier today about what happened in New Mexico, right on the border with Colorado. Siraj Wahaj, that's his name, 39-year-old, holding 11 children hostage, torturing them, imprisoning them, teaching them how to shoot up schools. His father is Siraj Wahaj, senior. The other one is junior. Siraj Wahaj, senior, he is an unindicted co-conspirator in the 1993 World Trade Center bombing, and the imam in Brooklyn that Linda Sarsour, who created the Women's March, looks up to and considers a mentor. Linda Sarsour gets invited to speak all across the country. You know what? She can. That she's friends with an unindicted co-conspirator and considers him a mentor and an encourager? That's frightening. I wouldn't support her. I would question people who support her highly. No one should support her. That's the point. That is the entirety of the point. But I never say that she shouldn't have the right to speak 
Louis Farrakhan is a bigot and an anti-Semite. He hates gay people. He hates white people. He's a disgusting, despicable person who should be on the far fringes of society. Unfortunately, people like Congressman Andre Carson in the 7th District of Indiana, which is Indianapolis, they work with him. Happy to work with him. Uh, you have, uh, uh, what's his name, from Minnesota. Oh, my gosh, I can't remember his name. The, the guy, K, Keith. My goodness, I'm, I'm, when, am I having a stroke? Am I having a, a, a stroke right now? I can see his face. Keith Ellison, good Lord. Good, I couldn't remember Keith Ellison. Hold on, hold on, I'm checking my pulse. No, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm healthy. Keith Ellison, he used to sell the newspaper over there for the Nation of Islam. I never said that Louis Farrakhan can't speak freely. He's disgusting. I don't suggest listening to him. But he's allowed to speak. If he says, let's go kill those Jews, okay, that's something you can act upon. If he's just calling me Satan, well, then, you know, I just think he's a disgusting human being. And he is a disgusting human being. I wonder... Will you recognize Satan? I wonder, will you see the satanic Jew and the synagogue of Satan, which has many races in it? Because Satan has deceived the whole world. So he's got that going for him. And then, you know, a fan of Hitler. Here the Jews don't like Farrakhan. So they call me Hitler. Well, that's a good name. Hitler was a very great man. He's a disgusting human being. Never once have I said he shouldn't be allowed to speak. But what's being argued by Rafia Zakaria is, I would call, a pseudo-intellectual argument. Check out the, the, the concept that she's putting together. She is saying that the speech that she does not like is terrorism. And that since uh, a foreign terrorist or someone being charged with foreign terrorism isn't allowed uh, their First Amendment rights or they they aren't entitled to them if they're using Twitter or something else uh, to push uh, hate, well, then why is Alex Jones? It's not terrorism. If you point to a comment that is that is that says, I'm going to help ISIS blow up X. Man, I can't wait to attack this group of soldiers. Yeah, Then you would have something. You have him talking that Islam is evil. Yeah, yeah, people talking that hyperbole. Radical Islam is a massive problem that is killing people. Like uh, they're trying to do with this training that this one guy, Siraj Wahaj, was doing in New Mexico. Can't deny that can't deny the issues with radical Islamic terrorism and a subset of the Muslim world that is radicalized based on the research. Those are facts. Can't be denied. I can defend them. I can source them. I can cite them. That's not terrorism. And she wants to draw people into this idea that somehow speech she doesn't like is terrorism. Not only is it hate speech, which isn't real, it's terrorism, and therefore you can't be against terrorism. That's the pseudo-intellectual game that she is playing. She was lovely about it, though, and I really do appreciate uh, her reaching out. Uh, But no, she hasn't convinced me. Her argument is still faulty. I'm Tony Katz. 
Tony Katz on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Easy way to find us right there. So I came across a horrifying story. Horrifying, horrifying story. And I'm, if I told you I'm still looking for ways to find that this is false, I'm begging to to find out that this isn't true. I'm, I share it with you. Tell me if I'm missing something. The FDA, Food and Drug Administration, signed a contract on July 25th. And the contract is to help uh, facilitate um, experimentation on mice so that the mice will have a functioning human immune system. This is information uh, that's published by the FDA and the General Services Administration via CNS News. The objective is to acquire tissue for humanized mice. This is a pre-solicitation notice for the contract that was sent out on June 13th. You understand where I'm going here, right? If you want the mice to have a human immune system and you need to acquire tissue for humanized mice, you need human tissue, but not just any tissue, fetal tissue. The contractor would provide, and this is the quote, provide the human fetal tissue needed to continue the ongoing research being led by the FDA. And it continues in this notice, uh, such a gross line, fresh human tissues are required for implantation into severely immune-compromised mice to create chimeric animals that have a human immune system. The company Advanced Bioscience Resources, which is in San Francisco, was awarded the contract, $15,900. According to the Congressional Research Service, the fetal tissue used in research is obtained from elective abortions. Here is the question I am asking, is this the federal government promoting abortion? This is, I mean, I'm a pro-life guy, right? And I'm also a believer in science. And I believe that if there is some good that can come from, example, uh, someone who's passed away, uh, donating their, 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 their organs, uh, you, you want uh, scientific research, I have really no issue with that. None whatsoever. This is not that. This very much smells like, looks like, the federal government being in favor of or soliciting or promoting, uh, promoting, that's the word I'm looking for, promoting abortion. This is, this is awkward. This is awkward because it seems that if, if, if this is what it takes, the, the human tissue in order to create uh, the the humanized mice, and then, you know, you're using that for, for all sorts of other uh, issues that could benefit society. I'm not saying no. 
it seems that the Fruit and Drug Administration has an interest in the continuation of legalized abortion. That's the way CNS News points it out. I don't think they're off base here. I want to know if somebody knows more about this story than me and can share it with me. Tony at TonyCats.com, Twitter at TonyCats, Facebook TonyCats Radio. My goodness, uh, how many more ways do you need to get in touch with me? It's, it's ugly. And you know who I'm amazed isn't talking about it? Mike Pence. I am amazed that the vice president hasn't walked into an FDA office and said, this is done. No, 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 no. I'm telling you. You, you, want, you want President Trump to tell you? Man, he's going to tell you in a tweet and you ain't going to like it. I'm telling you. Or if, he, if he's really true to being Mike Pence, he's going to say, this is done. I don't need to talk to the president about it. I just told you this is done. Go on, take me on, I dare you. He'd have to talk to the president about it. But just the same. It really does look like they're promoting abortion. It's, an, it's, it's ugly as sin. Right? Regardless of, of where you are on the subject, I, I'm not asking that. I'm not asking that question at all. Wherever you are on the subject, you are on the subject. Heck, I can't find people who are pro-choice who will admit that abortion kills something. I can't get them to admit that abortion kills something because I never like to go down the road uh, about the the idea that, you know, when does life begin? And I can. I have the capacity. But it gets people in, in, this, in this emotional space that they, they forget the basics of the conversation itself. So I like to bring people back to the basics. Try and take the emotion out of it. You don't want to agree to when life begins. You don't think that a fetus is a life. Can we at least agree that abortion kills something? And then I like to see their face contort because they don't even want to admit to that. They want to go to, yeah, sure, a clump of cells. And then I say, okay, so it's killing a clump of cells. And then they'll say, oh, yeah, well, you kill cancer cells. So life is the same as cancer. Good to know. How they twist, how they turn, how they morph. It's, if, if it wasn't so sad, it would, it would be hilarious. Someone, if, they, if you have information on this, Tony at TonyCats.com, that would be great. Uh, I brought up uh, the vice president because uh, he's, he's talking about Space Force. He was at the uh, Pentagon today. And uh, he was talking about uh, the importance. Do you have that? Can you play that from your end, uh, Ari? Uh, the, the, the Space Force. This is, this is uh, the Vice President. Uh, listen. Can you do it? Oh, you got it? Good. Because I just didn't know. I, didn't, I can get it. But I'd rather you got it. Well, fix it. Here, I'll do it. I'll do it from here. I'll do it from here. This is, this is the Vice President on Space Force. As President Trump has said in his words, it is not enough to merely have an American presence in space, we must have American dominance in space. And so we will. And that's precisely why we're beginning the process of establishing the Space Force as the sixth branch of our armed forces. Just as in the past, when we created the Air Force, establishing the Space Force is an idea whose time has come. The space environment has fundamentally changed in the last generation. What was once peaceful and uncontested is now crowded and adversarial. Today, other nations are seeking to disrupt our space-based systems and challenge American supremacy in space as never before. So that's just some of the vice president there.
talking about Space Force. I happen to love it, and I love the fact they've already got a theme song. And now, Pigs in Space! Starring the fatuous I love Captain it. Link I mean, who, who else has their own theme song? What I mean, sure, there's, uh, there's like the battle hymns and things like that, but I mean, nothing this... This this important. They they've also got a backup. See, Jews in space. space, space, space. In Jews are in space. I like this one too. It's got a good ring to it. I don't think this is crazy. Space Force is not crazy. The name is hilarious, right? It's like Air Force, Space Force. That, that's 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 all there is to it. Uh, this would be the first uh, n- new military branch since 1947, uh, and it'd be a question of how do the the military how does it how does it kind of organize how does it get put together? To not recognize space, uh, I I think is a problem, and I will admit I've got my own uh, bit of, of nerddom here. I want small government, but my love of NASA is ridiculous. It's it's dumb. I get it. I understand the human contradiction, the walking contradiction that I am, that I want smaller government and less government spending. But, man, I am cuckoo bananas about NASA. You know, they're sending a solar probe, the Parker Solar Probe. They're going to send it to the sun because they want to measure how solar flares work and how they disrupt communications. It's going to take nine years to get there. They've got heat shields so powerful that the interior of the probe will stay at room temperature. It's going to hit the it's going to hit the outer of the sun, of the corona, right? It's insane. I love this stuff. Space Force. Sign up now. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz, I think Jack in the Box is just fine. The ad, not the food. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good without the food. Fine. Fine without it. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. 833-GOT-TONY is the number. 833-468-8669 is where you find us. So the, the story is that Jack in the Box has got a new... Um, they have a new ad campaign and the ad campaign is enjoy my bowls b-o-w-l-s b-o-w-l-s is where it is enjoy my bowls and here i'll I'll play it for you while other burger places serve the same old stuff i'm the only one with the bowls to serve something different i mean just look at my teriyaki bowls Choose from steak or chicken, covered in teriyaki sauce, plus your choice of white or brown rice. What about these bowls, Jack? Hey, you got some pretty nice bowls there, and so does Dan. Thanks, Jack. Those are some nice bowls. Everyone's going to want to get their hands on Jack's bowls. Come try my bowls! Jack, the lawyers aren't comfortable with the new marketing campaign. Why? People love my bowls. See that right there? You can't say that. I can't say people love my bowls? No. What about try my bowls? Nope. Check out my bowls? Absolutely not. What about my billboard? And then it shows a billboard with him what? sitting there, and he's got uh, a bowl of food in each hand, and it says, uh, in, enjoy my bowls. 
That's that's basically what's happening. And people are saying that uh, this is a tone-deaf ad in the era of Me Too. Um, this is, first of all, not even original. It's not even original, so we're, we're completely aware. It's, uh, it's the Sweaty Balls ad, Alec Baldwin and, and Molly Shannon and, and Anna Gasteyer. That, that's, that's all it is. But why is this somehow a tone-deaf ad or an issue in the era of Me Too? Why, why is somehow this that? Me Too is supposed to be about people who sexually take advantage of others and, and, and force themselves upon them and, and wield power over others to, to, uh, to curry sexual favor. That's not this. I mean, it's a lot of things. It's not this. This is an ad for some 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 meat in a bowl. I think what they're saying by the Me Too era is the easily offended era. Well, no, no. Well, then then it would be something about uh, being triggered, right? That would be the conversation, and that would still be as moronic as the day is long. This has nothing to do with Me Too. This has nothing to do with people being sexually abused or 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 threatened or, or sex used as a, as a weapon against people's careers. If if that's really what it's all about, this is an ad, and the ad's fine. The ad's completely and totally fine, and everybody's just out of their skull ridiculous, out of their skull ridiculous about it. Also, out of their skull ridiculous uh, is um is Jim Acosta. Oh dear Lord, sweet sweet Jim, sweet sweet pretty Jim. He's so pretty. He is so absolutely positively pretty. Just adorbs. He is. Uh, He was on with Colbert. And as you know, all serious newsmen, all serious journalists, uh, they go on with Stephen Colbert. It's it's what you do. how, How else would you know that you're a serious journalist if you're not going on TV? If you're not going on to a late night show... Uh, to uh, mock the the president of the United States, or or who knows what he was going. I'm assuming it was all about the president. It's all about him uh, wanting to be uh, the focus and the, and the center of attention. That's what it's always about with him. Nothing more, nothing less. So he goes on. Does Jim Acosta? He goes on to Stephen Colbert's show. And there he is, and oh, he's the best as he took. Did you see the picture? <gasps> he took a picture of himself in his uh, dressing room. He took a picture of himself in his dressing room, and he's standing there at the chair, and there's the mirror. So it's a picture of him looking in the mirror at himself, getting ready for it. It was like, do, do you not know how ridiculous this looks? And he posted, it's like, this is what you do every day. You look at yourself, and you say, you know what? I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it, people like me. And so there were people were photoshopping. It was it was terrific, and it was it was fantastic. But but here he is talking to Steve Colbert about or Stephen Colbert about you know the the job he does uh, every single day. My sense of it, Stephen, is is that a lot of these folks they get their impressions of what we do by watching other conservative outlets. They look at other conservative websites, and these folks 
are focused on the coverage of the president's behavior more so than they are the president's behavior. And to me, you know, I think that the president's behavior is, is more newsworthy than our coverage. Uh, but a lot of these folks out there, they're getting uh, their, their sense of what we do twisted and warped by some people out there who just want to do the president's bidding. Do you worry that the president points at y'all so much and that there's a natural need to respond as a human being that you end up being the story when that's not really the goal of, of your journalism? Right, and we're not supposed to be the story. Uh, you know, uh, that's that's not why I'm out there. Um, you know, I get accused of that from time to time, and and my attitude is, time listen, I'm, I'm allowed to care about this country just as much as anybody else. I get accused of doing that from time to time. Who is he talking to? Time to time, this is all he does. You make yourself the story. Everybody knows it. Everybody sees it. Everybody is completely and totally aware of it. That is, you know, we talk about the elitism time and again and again. We talk about uh, what it is to be an elitist. And to be an elitist is not about at all. It's not about money. And it's not about power. It is about believing that you know best and that you are the only one who can make things better. You are above everyone. You are above everything. This is Barack Obama from beginning to end. It is the Alpha and Omega of Barack Obama who believed without question that he and he alone could make things happen. And when he had issues with his uh, with his people, when when policies wouldn't get through, he would he would according to the books, right? Ben Rhodes and others, he would look at them with disappointment. You know, maybe, I, you know, as the term ended, he said, maybe I was just ahead of my time. Maybe I just, maybe I cared too much. He, I, you look it up, Ari. It's crazy. It is, you read Ben Rhodes' book? I'm very curious about that stuff. Oh, my Like this God. Amaro. I know you hate this, but I am looking forward to the Amarosa. Amarosa book. is trash. But it's great fan Omarosa fiction. Amarosa is trash. It's Dude, it's Entertainment. not. It's it, she, she's basically putting together a snuff book. Uh, oh. Amarosa Manigault, this horrible, awful, despicable human being, who Trump allowed in. It's all President Trump's fault, by the way. It's a hundred percent Donald Trump's fault for allowing somebody that terrible near him. He knew she was terrible. He knew she was terrible and allowed it to happen anyway. She start. She recorded conversations with the president. She taped conversations with the president. I'm curious to know if there's a crime involved here. Is there a crime involved here? She is despicable trash. She's always been despicable trash. Anybody who buys her book is nuts. No. Nuts. You are honestly snuff film. That's what you're buying. I admit that. That, Oh, my God. That's fine. That's not fine. I I like what I like. That is not. Bye, Felicia. That is not fine. It's disgusting. Nah, I'm not gonna buy it. Rational people don't buy the book. I mean, you're the kind of person who, uh, who who goes by the accident and hopes to see a bloody hand. I mean, that's gee, that that's that's gross. That is just so that book is is gonna be coming out. Don't buy it. Do not buy it. It's it's not worth your time. It's not worth your energy. Uh, I wonder who hires. I mean, I'm assuming she's gonna be a CNN co- uh, commentator soon, right? She's gonna be on CNN and she's gonna be there. Um, uh, you know, right next to uh, Allison Camarota on New Day. Well, Allison, it's always good to be, you know, with the right group of people this time. 
I suffered through so much. I had such high hopes. But, of course, he let me down. And as you know, he is a racist. Like, I could just, I could script out the entire first day. I could, oh, it's not entertaining. Bloodsport is not entertaining, man. I, I, I could not disagree more. And maybe it's me because I think for the rest of America, totally entertaining. I think for for America, it's totally entertaining, and I think for for decent people, uh, less so. That's 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 all there is to it. No, no, no. I'm just saying there is decent, and uh, and there and there is the indecent. You know who said that? That's that. Um, that's uh, I forget the name of of the author. That uh, that there was there is decent and there is indecent, and that and that's all there is. That that's all there is. Uh, and and you. Did, did you buy the Michael Wolf book? Oh yeah, read that thing in a day. Indecent. It was just scandalous. It's it's it's. Oh, God, I gotta start doing my own hiring. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz, 833 Got Tony is the number, 833 468 8669. Jim Acosta audio is so, so very good. Uh, there's Rudy Giuliani, who's saying that the Mueller case is going to blow up on Robert Mueller. The reality is, the real story here is not that this case isn't going to fizzle, it's going to blow up on them. The real question is what we talked about before. There's a lot more to what they did that nobody knows about yet. I know some more, of it. A lot more to the obstruction of justice, to the collusion, to the fake dossier. Oh, I know. To trying lot. to being steeled back in after he was completely discredited. And then feed it to Mueller. Yeah. And uh, Mueller is going to have a lot to answer for. Mr. Mayor. I, I said a long time ago, the, the investigation here has to be in the investigators because we can't let this happen again in American history. We may not have a president as strong as uh, President Trump. Uh, uh, a lesser president could have really been cracked by this. I don't doubt that last part, but I'm not so sure what's going to happen to the Mueller team. Like, I, I just, I don't see the, the, the world where somehow, uh, you know, vengeance is, is brought or justice is brought uh, upon them, you know? Yeah, vengeance. Oh, that's certainly a part of it. You don't think President Trump is is mad about this and is going to want to see those guys not have uh, uh, careers um, uh, for for the rest of their lives? Come on. Oh, he's going to be angry. He is angry, very very uh, angry. Uh, so, but but the idea that um, you know uh, he's saying you know. Done by he's always said done by September first. I only hope that that is indeed uh, the the case. I just don't know if it's going to uh, explode. The fact that these guys should be investigated, you won't get me to disagree about that as well. Then there's this, the secret Devin Nunez tape. So this was Rachel Maddow on MSNBC, and she says, "Oh, I got the goods. I got the goods on the uh, on the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee." Oh, I got the goods on uh, Chairman Nunez because he's saying, well, here, here's what he's saying. So there in my so it's like your classic catch-22 situation where I mean, we're at a, this, this what, what puts us in such a tough spot. There's 
Sessions won't unrecuse, and Mueller won't clear the president. We're the only ones, which is really the danger. That's why I keep, and thank you for saying that, by the way. I mean, we have to keep all these things. We have to keep the majority. If we do not keep the majority, all of this goes away. Exactly how is that scandalous? He basically said uh, Republicans need to keep the majority because if we don't, um, they're going to push for full impeachment. That's all they're going to do is push impeachment. So we have to keep the seat. How is that scandalous? Why in the world did she like bring it to the world like this is somehow a big deal? And then there was uh, this secret Devin Nunez tape, part two. But also, on, on the things that came up in the, in the House on the vote machine, impeachment things, uh, and appears from an outsider that the Republicans were not. Yeah, well, it's. So it's a bit complicated, right? And, it's, and I say that because you have to. So, so we only have so many months left, right? So if we actually vote to impeach, okay? What that does, that triggers the Senate that has to take it up. Well, and you have to decide what you want right now because the Senate only has so much time. Do you want them to drop everything and not confirm the Supreme Court justice, the new Supreme Court justice? So that's part of why I don't think you have, you're, you're not getting from, like I've said publicly, Rosenstein deserves to be impeached. I mean, so and I don't think you're going to get any argument from most of our colleagues. The question is the timing of it right before the election. That's not scandalous. Does Rod Rosenstein, should the deputy attorney general be impeached? He says, yeah, I think he should. But you don't get into it now before the election, before the uh, confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh and the rest. Oh, my goodness. There's, I can't believe there's politics in this establishment. I, is any of this in any way scandalous? Well, I don't know who recorded it, uh, Ari. Clearly somebody who was very happy to get the last little bit of chocolate cake off their plate with all that scraping. But it's, there's nothing here. Like, this is the best that they've got? This is the best they have for us? There's no there there. That's what's so ridiculous about it. I don't know why anybody would somehow uh, push this as something that's really just a, uh, just a, a sensational thing. It's not sensational. You want a little bit of sensational. How about Nancy Pelosi talking about illegal immigration and leverage? This, because this is the right thing to do, I have confidence that we will get where we need to go. But everything is about time, and we want to shorten the distance, as your question indicated, between what we think is inevitable for America, they think is uh, uh, inconceivable, but we believe that we can get this done. We are not going to be able to get it done under the Republican uh, leadership in Congress.
uh, simple solutions which make a big difference in people's lives. Yeah, she is so in favor of open borders. Everybody who comes across the border is just this greatest person in the world just looking for a better life. Why don't you want them to have a better life? Well, some of them are rapists. No, not those people. The other people, well, some of them uh, are create are linked to terror organizations. Some of them pretend to be parents when they're not parents. No, 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 the other people. Well, can we find out who they are first? Yes, but why do you need to be checking them like the? Because we need to know who they are. And how about they come through the border illegally, not illegally? It's a simple question. Again, the the purposeful misdirection by people like her. And that she claims this moral high ground. Legal immigration, fine. Illegal immigration, problem. Why is that so difficult? Well, it's not for you and me. But they try to muddy the waters. Nancy Pelosi does every chance that she gets. TonyCats.com, that's where you get uh, the podcast. And, of course, Facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio. Tomorrow, everyone, take care.